to the Mind Your Hormones podcast. My name's Corinne, and I'm a board-certified holistic nutritionist who went from no period from mismanaged PCOS to a regular one. Now, I'm obsessed with helping you get hormonally balanced and emotionally aligned. This podcast is all about education, empowerment, real talk, and simple strategies you could start today to find inner peace and overall well-being. I am so excited to be here with you to chat about all things health, hormones, and mindset. Are you ready? Let's get it. What's going on? I'm so happy you're here, literally as always. But before we get into today's juice, I just want to thank you, seriously, from the bottom of my heart for being here. Like, It's so amazing how much this community has been growing and that you keep coming back every single week, or maybe this is your first episode, like if so, welcome to the fam, but I'm just so grateful that you keep showing up, that you share this on your Instagram stories, you send it to your friends, that you're here listening to it, that you let me know you're listening, like, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Having a podcast is such a labor of love, but it is the most, like, I am so lit up by this. I freaking love serving in this way. I'm obsessed with this community, and it would be anything if it wasn't for you continuously showing up. So thank you for being here first and foremost. Now today we are doing a fun Q&A episode and I texted my text community. If you're not on the text community, the link will be in the show notes. You could just text me anything you want, your favorite emoji. It's just a fun way for us to connect outside this podcast. I send random texts throughout the week or inspirational texts or journal prompts or just random hormone information. And what I did last week was I texted them and I asked, Hey, I want to do a Q and a episode on the podcast. Let me know what questions you have and we'll create an episode for it. So here we are. This is what we're doing right now. I got many questions. So if your question was not answered on this, I will maybe create a new episode doing more Q and a or just a complete entire episode based off of one question. Cause I got some really juicy questions. So thank you for sending them in. It also really helps me see like what is going on in your world and what you're curious about learning about, because this is our podcast. I want to be talking about stuff that you are also interested in. So that is what we're doing today. So we're going to go through three questions today. Um, and we're just going to get right to it. So number one is from Caitlin. And she asked, how do I know if my body is ready to go off hormonal birth control? I love this question because I, first of all, love that you know that it's really important to prepare your body before you stop because that is crucial, crucial, so freaking important. I love that you want to get off hormonal birth control if it's aligned for you, if you feel ready for it, like, yes, girl, let's do it. But preparing your body is really, really important, which I talk about a lot on the podcast. We have so many other episodes about birth control. If you want to go dive into them, they'll all of them will start with the word birth control. I do that per- Purposely on this podcast, I try and categorize things like that so it's easier for you to find them. But, anyways, so how do you know if your body is ready to come off hormonal birth control? I always recommend being on a specific supplement protocol for at least four weeks, right? So prepping your body before you actually officially stop hormonal birth control, whether that's the pill, the NuvaRing, the implant, the shot, the IUD, whatever it is, it's not so much that you're like tapering off of it. You will eventually just stop, but it's about preparing your body first. And for the supplement protocol, I recommend a minimum of four weeks 
consistently being on that. And uh, there's many supplements that I do recommend for it, which if you're interested in knowing the full list of supplements I recommend for stopping hormonal birth control, I also go through if you have PCOS, if you want to boost your fertility, if you want to support your overall menstrual cycle, if you have painful periods, I go through all those supplement protocols. I have a supplement training for that. I'll link that in the show notes for you if you're interested in diving into that. But I will talk right now about three specific supplements that are really, really important for you transitioning off hormonal birth control and preparing your body first. Um, Number one is B vitamins because they are depleted by the pill, zinc, and vitamin C. Those are three really, really, really important nutrients to make sure that you are supplementing for at least four weeks before you stop hormonal birth control because they are depleted by the pill and they are required for your ovaries to function properly. Your body, your mitochondria, the energy centers of our cells need B vitamins to actually function properly, to give us and our cells energy. It's also really important for our progesterone levels, for our mood, all of those things. Zinc is required for our ovaries to function properly, so that is for sure important. And vitamin C helps support progesterone levels. And as you know, because we talk about it all the time, when you're on hormonal birth control, specifically the pill, the new ring, the shot, the implant, you are not ovulating, which means you're not producing the hormone progesterone. So if you're not producing progesterone, when you come off of it, or when you're on it, you're deficient in it. Yes, you're on the synthetic form, progestin, but it is not the same in your body. And vitamin C will help support that progesterone production when, you know, when and if your body does start ovulating when you stop hormonal birth control. So those three supplements are really, really important, but there's a ton more that are really important for you to be on. And in that training, I dive deep into why the dosages, the brands, like all that stuff. So if you're interested in that, go check that out below. So number one, being on a supplement protocol for at least four weeks is really important. And I'm also going to give you of like how you will notice physically if you're ready to stop. Um, But I want to talk about this first. So that's the supplement side of it. Now, nutritionally and lifestyle wise, supporting your gut, your liver, and your nervous system is essential before stopping hormonal birth control. So it's not just about the supplements. It's about really focusing on gut health, liver health, and your nervous system, because all of these are negatively impacted from being on hormonal birth control. If you don't know, I have a free Facebook group specifically for this podcast, for the listeners of this podcast. And I do monthly trainings, monthly Q and A's in there completely for free. And I don't remember what month it was. I think it was April. I did a training on transitioning off hormonal birth control, where I dove a little bit deeper into this question. So I I will put the link below also for this. If you want to hop into the free Facebook groups, you could go look at that training because the trainings are still up there even from months past. So you can get a little bit of a deeper dive into that. However, right now I will tell you for gut health, things that we, again, we talk about it all the time on this podcast, but two easy ways that you could support your gut. And again, for at least four weeks, I really recommend, I like my clients to do it a little bit longer than that, just especially depending on what their specific situation is. Um, but fiber, adding a lot more plant foods into your diet to really support your gut health, to support your good microbiome, to make sure that the fiber is actually grabbing onto excess hormones and toxins and microbes and all that and flushing it out of your body and healthy fats. We always talk about having at least two tablespoons of a healthy fat, like avocados, nuts, seeds, coconut oil, extra virgin olive oil, avocado oil. All of those are really good sources of healthy fats with each meal because that's going to help rebuild your gut lining and really support your gut and your hormones just in general um, in this transition in before you do stop hormonal birth control because your gut is negatively impacted. So those are two easy things that you could do to support your gut. And then your liver, um, switching your products. 
steps. So your liver, again, is a freaking workhorse, okay? It has to do a lot every single day. It has to process and metabolize every single toxin we come in contact with, every chemical, every um, excess hormone, like literally every single thing it needs to metabolize and process. So if we are bombarded with, of course, any medications is what has to also be filtered through our liver, which hormonal birth control is a medication. The pill is a medication. So it has to, or it's already overburdened from that. But if we also are overburdening it with conventional beauty products, also cleaning products, that's just more toxins our body has to, our liver specifically has to process out. So switching to non-toxic beauty and household cleaning products is really, really a great way for you to help support yourself before you stop also. So those are just some tips for you. And again, the resource I just talked about will be in the show notes if you want to check those out, like the supplement training and the Facebook group if you want to dive deeper into this topic. But what you will notice in your body, like things that you can notice if you're like, okay, Corinne, I'm doing these things. Like I'm supporting myself in this way. I really do highly recommend working with someone for this. Like does not have to be me. If it's me, amazing girl, I'm ready. I'm here to help you. If it's somebody else, amazing. I just want you to get the support that you need, that you feel most aligned working with this person because it is a process stopping hormonal birth control. The process is different for everybody. Once you stop, it depends on what your hormones were like before you went on. Like it affects everybody differently. So it is really something that I do highly recommend working with somebody. But if you're doing this on your own and you're, you know, you got supplement protocol, you're doing the gut stuff, the liver stuff, like all these things, what you can start noticing physically is you might notice that your energy is starting to improve. Your sleep might be better. Your moods could be better. You might have less brain fog. These are some of the physical things that you might be noticing once you're doing these things to support your body before stopping that could let you know that you're on the right track and that your body is is ready to stop hormonal birth control. Now, since you're still on hormones, right? You're taking hormonal birth control, so you're still on synthetic hormones. You won't see like a shift in your period, right? Because it's not your actual period. It's just a withdrawal bleed from the hormones. So it's not like you're really going to see a difference in that. So look for other markers like your mood, your energy, your sleep, your concentration. Like look for those types of markers changing to let you know that the supplements you're taking and you know the things that you're doing nutritionally and lifestyle-wise are supporting you. But also know that you might not notice a huge difference. You will notice a shift like of doing the things that are really required to support yourself. Like uh, most of the times when I'm supporting my clients through this, they'll do this for about two months. They'll be on a specific protocol, like supplement wise, nutrition wise, lifestyle wise, and they'll just feel so much better in general. And then once they stop, they feel even better. They'll see different types of improvements. So if things are working properly and you're supporting yourself properly, you will notice those shifts throughout your day-to-day life that could let you know that your body is prepared to stop. But again, I do recommend working with somebody only stop when it's right for you. When you, if you are still actively trying to avoid pregnancy, make sure that you know how to track your ovulation, how to work with your fertile window. Again, this is something I guide my clients through because what I don't want is for someone to stop hormonal birth control when they're not ready to get pregnant and then get pregnant with not knowing how to actually track it. Again, it's 100% possible to not be on hormonal birth control and to actively avoid pregnancy. I've been doing it for years. And if you are wanting to get pregnant, again, it's really important that you are supporting yourself through this so that you can more quickly restore ovulation so that you can have a safe and healthy pregnancy after. So 
your action steps, if this is you right now and you want to safely stop hormonal birth control, you want to know if your body is ready, here are your action steps. Number one, go to ewg.org, the environmental working group, to look for um, a list of products of like the non... what is happening? <laughs> Go to ewg.org. You could put in the products you have to see the toxicity level. And then they also have a list of all non-toxic products you could check out. Obviously, you know I'm obsessed with Skin Essence Organics for skincare products, but they have a list of so It's such a great resource for you. So check that out to help support your liver. Um, check out the supplement training if you're interested in that. The book Beyond the Pill by Dr. Jolene Brighton is a great resource. It could be super overwhelming. So just a fair warning. It has such incredible information. But if you're feeling overwhelmed, this is where I would guide you to actually have someone support you through it. But it is an amazing resource. If you are someone who wants to go through this on your own and you um, want to read more about it, I would highly recommend that book, Beyond the Pill. And then also, if you are like, okay, Corinne, I don't want to do this on my own. I don't want to have to learn all this shit. Like, I want your guidance. Reach out to me about the Mind Your Hormones Method or working together one-on-one because the Mind Your Hormones Method is literally the heartbeat of my business. It's it's what I guide all my clients through, whether they are in the group program, whether I'm working with them one-on-one, like this is what I've helped so many clients through with stopping hormonal birth control, with helping their fertility, with all the things, right? So if you're interested in that, just reach out to me. I'm actually in the process of revamping it. It is just going to even take it to the next level. Like stay tuned. I'll be talking a lot more about it, but reach out to me if you're interested in that. You could just text me, DM me, all the links are below for how you can contact me. You know how to contact me. So just reach out for whatever you want for support in that area. Okay. Number two is from Hannah. I got a lot of birth control questions, so here's another one. Hannah asks, when should I be more concerned that I don't get my period back after stopping birth control? Okay, so this is totally dependent on the person. This could take one month to nine months to up to a year of not getting your period back, sometimes longer. It completely depends on what your situation of what your situation was before you started birth control. Was your period irregular then? Was it non-existent then? You know, did you prepare your body before stopping? Like it is completely dependent. But what I will say is the longer it goes without, like the longer you go without getting a period, the longer your body is not producing the crucial hormone progesterone, again, which is a sex hormone that's required to hold on to a nourish a pregnancy, but it's also required to support your metabolism, your bones, your hair, your skin, your nails, your stress response. It helps prevent osteoporosis and heart disease and endometrial cancer. Like it is required for our body to function properly. Um, and if the longer you go without getting a period, without ovulating, the longer your body is not able to function as optimally as possible. So as you know, if you've listened to this podcast for a while, your period, specifically your menstrual cycle, the whole kit and caboodle, ovulating, all of it, is your fifth vital sign, right? So the other four vital signs is your body temperature, your breathing rate, your heart rate, and your blood pressure. So what I would ask you in like a very loving but kind of light a fire under your booty way, how long would you wait if you knew you had a fever or you knew your blood pressure was high or your breathing was affected, right? These are vital signs just like your menstrual cycle is. So if you're asking like, when should you be more concerned that you don't get your period back? I would ask you, when would you be concerned if you saw that you had a fever, if you saw that your blood pressure was high, if you saw that you, you know, your breathing rate or heart rate was off? 
probably immediately, right? Like when, because we're conditioned to know that those things are important and those things are vital, hence vital sign, but we're not conditioned to think and know that our menstrual cycle is a vital sign. So I would just ask you, how long would you wait to take action on a fever, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, something like that? And whatever you answer that would be your answer to taking action on your menstrual cycle. And maybe you're like, Corinne, I am taking action. Well, then I would highly encourage working with somebody because it is a million percent possible to get your period back. I mean, I've done it myself. I've done it with so many clients. It's absolutely possible whether you've been on birth control or not, but taking action is required because it's not just going to come back based off of time. Like sometimes we think like, okay, like it's only been a month or two or okay, it's been five months. Like it has to come back eventually. And I thought this when I wasn't getting a period, it wasn't because of birth control for me. I wasn't on birth control, but when I wasn't getting my period, I was just like, well, it eventually has to come. Like it eventually has to come back. Like that's just what I thought, but it doesn't. It's not based off of time if it comes back or not. It will come back when your body is in a place of hormonal harmony, when your body is getting what it needs and what's required for your hormones to function optimally and it has the capacity to actually ovulate again. So I would say like ASAP, like not to, not to say to be concerned where you're getting anxious and you're freaking out and you're stressed out because that's not going to help the problem. Right. But from a place of, okay, empowered action, feeling empowered to know that, okay, this isn't normal in my body. Something is off. So I'm going to take actions towards getting this under control. And whatever that action looks like for you, where I'm going to go through some action steps for you. But I want to really ingrain in your head that the level of concern when it comes to our menstrual cycle should equal, actually don't like the word should, because whenever we should, we're really shitting on ourselves, but it's kind of applicable in this, in this instance. But the level of concern that we have for our menstrual cycle needs to equal the level of concern we would have for our blood pressure, our heart rate, our breathing rate, or our body temperature when it's the same exact thing. It's just letting us know that our body's not getting what it needs. And if we want to feel the best we could possibly feel, if we want to reach optimal health and wellness, then our menstrual cycle is something that needs to be intact. So if this is you right now, if you stop hormonal birth control and you're like, oh my God, I'm not getting my period. First, I want to give you a big hug because I know what it feels like to not get your period. And I don't want you to stress out because there are answers. There are answers. There are ways to get your period back. Like, please freaking know that. I would say, don't trust me, try me, because I 100% can help you with this. But the action steps that I want you to go through is, number one, ask yourself, are you eating enough food, right? Like, these are just some basic things. And for sure, like, I would need to know more about you personally, Hannah, and anybody else who is dealing with this to really help you and get down to the bottom of this. But some simple questions you can ask yourself, just surface level for anyone who might be dealing with this is, are you actually eating enough? Because our body needs to have enough food, enough protein, enough fiber, enough carbs, enough actual calories to think it's safe enough to actually reproduce. So are you eating enough? Are you having a protein, fiber, and healthy fat at each meal? Are you getting nutrients from supplementation that are required for your hormones to function properly? Those are the questions I would ask yourself. Number two, you could also read Beyond the Pill that I mentioned before by Dr. Jolene Brighton. Um, number three, you could start making changes on your own, or if you want to solve this more rapidly, more effectively, reach out to someone you trust who can support you through this. It does not have to be me. I don't want you to think I'm just saying this to have you work with me. Like I only want to work with women who are like really excited and know that's online fit for them. So if that is me, then like yes, reach out, but find someone who you can trust who can support you through this. These are all different ways that you could do this. Check out the book, 
ask yourself those questions. But if you know that you want to work with someone, I would highly recommend that also. Um, I wish I knew that there were people around that could help me get my period back naturally when I was going through that because I waited literally years. I didn't have my period for two years because I, first of all, didn't even know it was a big deal. Second of all, the doctors weren't helping me. And I thought the only way was to use hormone therapy and I didn't want to do that. So I'm just telling you this because I want you to know that there are other options for you. So That is that for number two. Thank you, Hannah. Oh, and also thank you, Caitlin, for asking these questions. Sending you guys such a big hug. Um, Okay, and the last one that we're going to go through today is number three. And this is Mandy. And Mandy asks, why do some months I see cervical mucus and other months I don't? Okay, so this is an awesome question. Thank you for asking it, Mandy. Okay, cervical mucus is produced by estrogen. So this could mean that you're not properly producing enough estrogen where you are producing cervical mucus. Um, so your estrogen levels could be low, which would affect your cervical mucus production. Um, if this is something that you are dealing with, I would suggest seed cycling, which I will link below an episode that I did about seed cycling. This can help support your estrogen levels and your progesterone levels to kind of balance things out. This is something that I did to get my period back. So for anyone, also Hannah, you could start seed cycling. That's something that really supported me. It's of course not the only thing I did, but it's just one of the tools, one of the strategies that I did implement. So check out the um, episode on seed cycling, but that's something that you could do. So it could be that you just don't have enough estrogen. But what I will ask you, Mandy, is that are you looking for it at the right phases? Because we're not going to have cervical mucus all the time. So let's just go through the pattern of this, like an ideal pattern, right? And it might not look like this. If your hormones are out of balance, you might not have a typical pattern of cervical mucus. Because again, if you're asking how come some months it's, you see it, some months it's not, this is just letting you know that your hormones are fluctuating and things might just be off. They might be a little erratic if it's not really in a standard pattern. So the like typical pattern, like, like a textbook pattern, you could say, which, you know, it's always going to fluctuate for people, but during your menstrual phase, it is a dry phase. Like if you're like, Corinne, it's, is it dry? though, because I'm bleeding. Like Technically, it's dry because you're not producing cervical mucus. It's not dry because there's blood happening down there, but it is dry in the sense that you are not producing cervical mucus. Okay, So it's dry phase in that sense. Then your follicular phase, which starts right after your period ends, the beginning of your follicular phase, it will be pretty dry. You'll notice there won't be much cervical mucus happening. That's normal because your estrogen levels are still low coming off of your period, and they will slowly start to increase as you move your way through your follicular phase. So in the beginning of that follicular phase, it will be pretty dry. And then as you move through it, maybe again, it depends on everybody. Some people's follicular phase is 11 days long. Some people's is 15 days long. Like it completely depends because the follicular phase is the most variable time of our cycle. Your ovulation day can change. So it's, it's definitely dependent on when you're ovulating. So making sure you're tracking that. But in the beginning of your follicular phase, it'll be pretty dry. And then you will notice as you start moving through your follicular phase, you'll notice more of a lotion-y cream consistency where you maybe just see it in your underwear. Um, maybe you notice it like if you wipe a little bit, you'll see some on the un- on the underwear, on the uh, toilet paper, but mainly you'll see just like a little bit of creamy, lotiony consistency in your underwear. This is letting you know that we are, uh, your estrogen is starting to rise, but then as it rises even more and you get even closer to ovulating, then you will notice it really increasing to that raw egg white consistency. And this is when you freak know that it's there. Okay. You wipe and it's slippery. It's in your underwear. You're sitting there, you're doing your thing. You're sipping your hot lemon water and you're like, Oh my God, did I just get my period? What just happened down there? And you go to the bathroom like, Oh no, no, no. 
just my cervical mucus coming out there, right? Like you will feel it. It could feel wet even when you're just sitting there. It feels wet when you wipe, like you will notice it. And again, this amount of cervical mucus is totally dependent on on each person because everyone has this different estrogen levels. So you might not notice an abundant amount of it and that's fine. And some people's it lasts for a couple days. Some people you just notice the raw egg white for one day. It totally depends on your pattern. But ideally, textbook-wise, you will notice this in the couple days leading up to ovulation. And then after ovulation, you might notice some a little bit after, but then it will pretty much dry up because your estrogen levels are high coming off of ovulation as you head into your luteal phase, but then they slowly start lowering. So in your luteal phase, you really will notice it kind of drying up. Now, if you have really high estrogen levels and you have too much estrogen in relation to that progesterone, you could still notice some um, cervical mucus present in that luteal phase. It's just letting you know that your estrogen levels are a bit high. But for fertility purposes, what you want to focus on if you are trying to get pregnant, that is to have sex when you notice cervical mucus before ovulation. Or if you don't want to get pregnant and you're coming off hormonal birth control just to come off it, but you're still like, I don't want a baby yet. Like that's the phase I'm in right now. Make sure that you are not having sex or you're wrapping it up when you do see cervical mucus present because that means you are fertile because sperm stays alive in cervical mucus for up to five days. And it is what actually the sperm travels to the egg in. Okay. So it's the reason why sperm stays alive and it's how it actually travels to the egg. So to answer your question, Mandy, why do some months you see cervical mucus? and other months you don't. Your hormones could be fluctuating. You might have some erratic hormones going on, making sure that you are actually knowing what the pattern, um, textbook pattern will look like. So you have a little bit of a marker to go off of and knowing that you won't see cervical mucus all the time. We're not meant to see cervical mucus all the time. So um, your action steps, Mandy, would be to really start tracking this. I would say taking notes, whether it's in a notebook, whether it's in your app that you're tracking your basal body temperature in or whatever it is, start taking note of when you're seeing cervical mucus, when you're not seeing cervical mucus to try and see a pattern. Because if we're not really writing it down, it's going to be a little hard to actually see like what the pattern is going on. Okay. So, but if you're not really getting any, it could be again, that you don't have enough estrogen present to produce that cervical mucus. So I hope that this was helpful for you. I think it's really awesome for me to be able to actually answer your specific questions. And if you like this kind of style episode, um, either text me or DM me and let me know, share this on your Instagram stories. Like I, I'm obsessed with seeing you tag me on Instagram or just DMing me and telling me how much you love this podcast. Like, it literally fuels me and helps me come back time after time to support you in this way. I just love it so freaking much. I am so grateful for you. All of the resources that we talked about will be linked in the show notes. I just want you to know wherever you're at in this journey, whether you're on hormonal birth control, you want to come off of it, you're not on it, you're trying to get pregnant, you're trying to just improve your hormones. Know that I'm here to support you. Know that your body is designed to heal. It really is designed to heal. We have to just trust the process. Healing is not something that we need to rush. And the the more that we tap in, the more that we learn about the stuff, the more that we work with people, the more that we read about it, the more that we pay attention to our body, the more we're going to be able to put the pieces together. And I just want you to feel as best as you can possibly feel. And I hope that this podcast is something that's supporting you in that. So I love you so much. Thank you so much for being here. Again, I will have everything linked in the show notes for you and I will chat with you next time. Thank you so much for being here. If you loved this episode and learned something valuable, 
please share it with a friend who you think would also love it or post it on social media and tag me so I could personally say thank you for helping me spread this important message. I am beyond grateful to be here with you. So until next time, stay intentional, stay consistent, and always mind your hormones.